Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 125 of the podcast that was originally recorded on August 7th of 2016. I went to Gen Con 2016 this past week, and a few of the things I had demos of were Emotep, Shadow Games, Guild Ball, The Networks, Arkwright, Hashbulldect, as well as Hit Z Road. I also talked a little bit about Gen Con and a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi with another episode of What I'm Playing Now. Welcome to episode 125 of the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440, where we're having some conversations about the games we're playing now. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast. And then, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right. So this past week, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was out there for Gen Con 2016. This was my first time going to Gen Con. Wow. Gen Con is just one crazy place to be for gamers. It was simply just amazing. I thought I had actually seen quite a few cool things when I had gone out to PAX East a few years ago, but I don't even think that prepared me for what I actually was able to see and experience out at Gen Con. The amount of people out there was just truly amazing. Everybody was just super nice. It was something that I can just only commend the gaming community for walking around there and just not running into people and running people over. Everybody was really polite. It was just a really super cool thing to see and experience, and I can't wait to actually go to another one and hopefully maybe actually hit a few other conventions throughout the year. I'm not really too sure what other ones I'm going to be able to hit this year, but I've already been talking to my wife about going to a few next year, and I know Columbus we will be going to and we will be down there for Origins next year. That is definitely one I will not miss again. But Gen Con 2016, wow. I just wish I could have stayed out there for all four days of the convention. We actually left Friday afternoon, so we had to cut our convention a little short. But I did get to go in a little early as I was able to attend the trade and press day that they actually had out there and sit through a couple of really cool seminars that they had that were mainly just for, you know, retailers and some of the press. There was a lot of, you know, a few different press people that I saw out there in several of the different seminars as well. One of the first seminar that I had gone to that day was the Paizo one, and they had some pretty cool things that they were showing for their upcoming year. One of the things that they had that they were handing around to and just showing a bunch of the different people at the tables that they actually had for sale at the convention were the small-sized, what they were calling the pocket-sized Pathfinder role-playing game core rulebook as well as the bestiary. These are smaller soft cover editions of the books, of the hardcover books that you could actually get. And they're actually quite a bit smaller. I mean, I don't want to say they're a quarter in size, but I would say they're probably a good half the size of the hardcover books in being soft cover. But the insides of them had really good graphics in there, really great pictures. The text wasn't too small to read. It was 
the, the books looked really good. So if you're actually looking for something that was just a little bit smaller that you can kind of carry around just a little bit easier when you're going to play the Pathfinder RPG, these books are some pretty cool additions that they actually have. The other new book that they were actually talking about for the Pathfinder role-playing game was Horror Adventures. That was a really neat book that they were handing around. They also talked a little bit about Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, which, of course, my interest peaked during that part of the of the talk where they were talking about Mummy's Mask. It seems that this will be coming out in October of 2016. I believe I had actually been informed of this when the owner of my friend, the local game store, had gone to Gamma. He had texted me when he had heard that out there from Paizo. So it sounds like they're actually still on target to hit that date, which is very good. Although... It is August, September, October. My group will definitely still be playing Rise of the Rune Lords at that time, and I can guarantee we aren't going to finish Rise of the Rune Lords in the next two months before the uh, Mummy's Mask comes out, so they can actually take their time a little bit um, for that. A couple other things they were showing, they had some new figures that they were showing for Pathfinder Battles, Deadly Foes. I had taken a couple of pictures. I'm going to put some of these pictures and load them up onto the website where they will be under our photo section for the site so you can see a couple of the pictures that I had taken. So Pathfinder Paizo had some really cool things that they were talking about. We then attended another seminar after that one, this one from AEG. They were, of course, talking about Mystic Veil. That was one of their new releases that had just come out. So there was a lot of discussion around that game. They also talked about the game that will be coming out after Mystic Veil, which is which is based on what Mystic Veil has the mechanic in there. This game seems like it's going to be a much heavier game from what they're talking about. This game will have worker placement. It will have just a lot more going on. You'll actually be able to have combat between opponents, whereas Mystic Veil is more more of just a deck building type of game and you're just trying to go for victory points the other game that they were um, talking about is one that looks like it should be really cool the name of that game is edge of darkness and that just sounds and looks to be just a really great idea i guess this was the game that the designer had actually brought to aeg before they actually came up with Mystic Veil. They actually then kind of built Mystic Veil out of that original game just to try to introduce the whole card crafting component system to everybody. And then they're actually going to be coming out with Edge of Darkness. So can't wait for that game. That game sounds outstanding. And then their big news, of course, that was dropped that I actually had taken a picture of and sent out a Twitter message instantly on as I was very excited. October 2016, AEG will be releasing a Kickstarter. And I believe this will be their first Kickstarter that they're going to be attempting to do, and it will be Thunderstone Advanced 3rd Edition. And I'm now that I think about it, I'm not too sure if it's Thunderstone Advanced or if it's just Thunderstone 3rd Edition. I'm going to have to look into that because I didn't write that down. I know it's Thunderstone 3rd Edition. I don't know if it's actually advanced. From what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like there's going to be any sort of compatibility between the previous two versions, I guess you could say, of Thunderstone since this is version 3. But I guess that's okay. So it'll be interesting to see if some of the Thunderstone Advanced copies of the games actually start coming down in price or if they actually go up maybe even further since those obviously will not be reprinted. It all depends on what they change for third edition and how different the gameplay is or what they all add to the game in third edition and what we're going to see there. But it sounds like they're going to be working with retailers to come up with a whole program to help them. When I heard that, I took a picture of that immediately and kind of tweeted that out because I was very excited to hear that Thunderstone would be coming back into play. 
Then for the rest of the night, we actually went around and played a few different games and got in some demos. One of the demos we sat in on with Cosmos was a little demo of Emotep. This is a game that had been released actually before Gen Con, sold out very quickly down at my friendly local game store. I guess they got in several copies and everywhere this game was just gone immediately. It was really cool to actually get down and act, play this game and, and learn how to play it. In this game, it's a victory point game. And what you're doing is on your turn, you can do one of a couple of things. You can actually take some resources and each person is basically a different color of cubes. If you decide to take resources, you can take three cubes at a time. You have a little tableau in front of you where you can hold your cubes. You can only hold five cubes at a time. So if you do decide to take cubes twice in a row uh, during your action phase phases when it comes back around to you, you would then only, if you took three the first time, you would then only be able to take two. You can also then place as an action, place one cube on one of the boats. And at any time, if the number of cubes on the boat is met each different boat there's different sized boats there's like one two three four um, different sizes of boats that have can hold one two three or four cubes if you can if you've met the number of cubes the minimum number of cubes for that boat to move you can move that next to one of the tiles that are out there and the different tiles will basically let you score in different ways the one tile kind of lets you score if you have the most number of cubes on there the other one if you have them the most in a row the other one kind of like lets you build a wall and it scores basically the top from looking down at the top, the colored um, cubes will score. The other tile on our place was a marketplace where you can buy cards, which the cards can then come into effect in later rounds, let you possibly place two cubes at one time or do multiple different things. Some of them were endgame scoring components. A lot going on in this game. A heck of a lot of fun. This is a great game. I can see why this game has won so many awards right now and has been up for so many different things. Emotep is a really cool game from Cosmos, one that's been added to my list of games that I want to add to my collection. As I had heard about it before, but I really wasn't too familiar with it, but was so glad that I was actually able to sit down and get in a, I guess you could say a shortened game of Emotep. Some of the games that we were doing for demos, we actually didn't get to play full games and all the way through, but we got to play three or four rounds of this, we were able to tell and get a good feel for the game of what the gameplay is about, how how it works, how the different actions are played, and how every how the mechanics work in the game. So the components also are really good looking for Emotep as well. So if that is a game that has not been on your radar, you definitely want to check out Emotep. After that, I then went over to a table and sat down and met with a couple of the guys from Steamforged Games. Those guys are really cool, great and awesome people. They make some really cool games, Guild Ball being one. But let's talk about a little card game that they had there that was kind of like, I want to say almost maybe in the prototype phases, a little game called Shadow Games. This game you can kind of say is similar to Love Letter and Coup all rolled into one. As you're going to have a set deck of cards that you're going to be playing from. And on your turn, you're going to have a couple of cards in your hand. You're going to play one card under the during the plot phase of the, of the round. And when you're doing this, you can play either a plot or an agent card from your hand. And then you're going to say, well, I played this card. Like, let's say you wanted to play maybe the wheeling and dealing card or maybe the strategy session card. But you could have put down, let's say, an agent card. You could have put down maybe the Captain or a Longshank or the Shadow Council. So this game is going to be a game where you're going to be playing a card, but then bluffing as well. There are 
next to all of the different types of cards that there are on your little tableau in front of you, it kind of tells you how many are in the deck. So it's also going to be attributing to doing some card counting if you're able to do that type of thing as well. So you really need to pay attention to what your opponent has played, what you've played previously as well. So this way you're not trying to bluff for something that maybe there are no cards left in the deck. So when you do your bluffing, let's say if I said that I was actually playing in the plot phase, I was playing, um, I said I was playing a power play card, but I actually put down the long shank. So what would happen was if I actually successfully got that bluff through, I would then look at what power place power play says, and it says bribe one guild favor. You can use two agents this turn, but then I also would then get to pay off of the captain of steal one team favor from the target player. So there's different colored cubes that are in this game. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get five cubes of one color and i believe that's kind of how you win the game and i was playing against jamie really great guy he taught me how to play the game the game looks like it's going to be a lot of fun this is one that i can't wait for them to come out with because this just seems like a game that my wife and i who have really enjoyed love letter i don't think she's my wife's ever really played a game similar to coup but i love those types of bluffing games and i have a feeling she will as well so this is a game that's right in our wheelhouse this is one that i have a feeling once we get this into our collection we'll be playing it quite a bit i'll put up a couple of pictures I put up the one picture I took of there onto the website. Like I said, it looks really cool from what I can see from the cards. The art on the cards looks really neat, and the gameplay is very fun as well. Then I actually sat down and actually finally, for the first time since a lot of people have been playing this down at the game store, I was able to sit down and get in a game of Guild Ball and actually learn the game and play a shortened version of the game. So the shortened game that I played, I believe the two teams were the Fishermen and the Brewers. I can't remember both off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember the names of the different characters that were there that we were playing. But it was really great to have one of the guys from Steamforge actually sit down and kind of teach me the game. And I had mentioned to Jamie when I had sat down and started playing um, Shadow Games with him that I had watched a bunch of his Guild Ball videos and he kind of just started laughing at that one when I said that. But that was, I had already been familiar with a lot of the rules for Guild Ball, but I had never purchased a team myself. I had printed out the the Mortician team, I think, a couple weeks ago. I haven't had a chance to just cut everything out and maybe just take it down to the game store and play against somebody. So it was really cool that I just kind of got to sit down for about a good 15, 20 minutes, go through a, another, a shortened game of that one. We went through several different rounds and turns of how the game went. We got to see a couple of different attacks. We fudged some of the different roles so we can see how things went one way with one roll, how they would go another way with a different type of roll based on the number of different dice you were rolling and everything. But this was a game that I was, that I've been kind of putting off on obtaining because I, one of the things is Guild Ball night down at my local game store is usually Thursday night. And that's when I'm usually down there for board games. So if I do start playing Guild Ball, I'm not really too sure when I'm going to be able to play because Thursday's board game night for me, I'm hoping that they might change Guild Ball Night to another night once they get their league going, because I know they've kind of just picked Thursday to get people into the store and trying to just get everybody playing. Leagues haven't really started, but I know there's a couple of things that my local game store is trying to do for Guild Ball to actually get some more people playing. But one of the things I did pick up while I was at Gen Con that goes along with Guild Ball, so I actually have my first actual figure. I picked up the Farmer's Guild Tater. This was actually the limited edition figure that was being sold at the con this was one of the first things that i kind of went for when i got into the show early on thursday we walked down to steamforge booth we didn't run of course 
we were a little disappointed that Steamforged really wasn't ready for everybody at nine o'clock when the doors opened. They were just having a heck of a, a heck of a time. They had a lot of people that were having trouble with their travel arrangements. They had people that had been traveling for three or four days. A couple of their guys had actually gotten stuck in Chicago. They actually rented a car and drove into Indy. It was the stories that they were telling us when we were sitting there talking with them on uh, Wednesday actually was just completely crazy. I just felt so bad for some of these guys that had been traveling for like three or four days. And then Thursday, their registers and everything weren't set up. They weren't ready for pretty much anything at nine o'clock. They said, come back in like a half hour and 45 minutes. We were actually able to get Tater. I was able to get him on day one. Didn't have to stand in line too, too long for that one, but it was just crazy. And I just felt really bad that those guys were just having such a heck of a time just trying to get everything put together. So while they were actually getting all of their stuff put together, I ran back to the Simon booth and I picked up a little game that I'm going to talk about under what I want to play now, and that is Bloodborne. Now, I remember when I had looked at Bloodborne a long time ago, it was originally supposed to be a two to five player game. They had changed that a little while ago. And well, actually, I think several months ago, they actually changed that to be a three to five player game. I'm hoping that there's going to be some people from the community that are going to come out with probably something like maybe like single or if we can come up with some sort of solo rules for the game, especially since that's how the game is based and all of those games are based. But let's let's not get too far into that. I want to talk to talk about that or what I want to play now part of the show. Let's try to just stick with Guild Ball. So I played the, the Guild Ball game, learned how to play that. Probably going to be picking up the season two book here this week down at my local game store as well as the mortician team i was looking at the storm steamforged website a little bit ago and checking out the mortician team looking at some of the different figures that are out there i'll probably grab them as well as some of the cards and the different uh, plastic components they have for measuring and everything because i have a feeling guild ball is a game that i kind of want to really start playing and i think now is probably the best time to get into it especially since everything is just kind of fresh in my mind from sitting there and having those guys teach it to me it was just a lot of fun so that was pretty much most of the stuff we had done on Wednesday for the show when we had gone there for the trade and press day. Then when the show opened up on Thursday, we got in a little early. Like I said, we got a couple of things. One of the first games I actually sat down and got a chance to demo was a game called The Networks. It's kind of like a card and set collection game. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build the best television show lineup that you can from the cards that you have in front of you. So you have a little tableau in front of you that has two different sides to it. And the one side has different hours on it, like eight, nine, and 10. The other side has kind of a green room. It then has a section for you to put cards that are in rerun. And then, then one other section, and I didn't get a good enough picture of what that last section was. This game actually was really fun. This is a there was a small print run of this game. They only had a very limited amount from what it seemed like at the show. By the time we had gotten over to demo this one, they were already down to just a few cases left. And I believe they were only going to sell one more case and then save the other couple of cases that they had behind their their little booth there for the following day. And this was fairly early on Thursday that they were running out of this one. But I kind of I kind of enjoyed this game. So on your turn, what you're going to do is you're going to spend some money that you have to possibly purchase a new show. Depending on the show that it is, it may need a sponsor to go along with it. It may need a star. So over in your green room, you could have one sponsor and one star sitting over there. 
depending on the card that you purchase in the show, it can replace a show that is already in a particular time slot. If so, that card then will go over to the left side of your tableau and go into kind of reruns. The cards that you initially start out with normally start off with a zero viewing audience. So you're trying to basically just get a, get um, a larger viewing audience for all of your shows. And that's where your victory points start building up over time over the rounds that you played. This was a demo. So of course we played a shortened you know another shortened um, game for this one but I really enjoyed this one and this is one that I definitely can't wait for my local game store to get in I didn't pick one up there especially since they were running so low I was trying to just pick up as few games as possible the games that I was actually kind of looking forward to getting were some games that we actually tried to possibly maybe pick up on Friday we had gone into the consignment room and then into the auction room for a little bit on Friday morning for a little bit before the the doors to the hall had opened and I was possibly looking for a couple of games that have been on my on my wish list that are out of print I had actually gone around to some of the different booths looking for some possibly older out of print games as well didn't find any of the games I was looking for was a little bummed about that one so I may need to hit the board game geek store to actually pick up some of these games that I've just been kind of putting off on getting for a while. I may try to hit a couple of local game stores around here that I haven't been to in a while to see if maybe somebody has possibly sold them something back and maybe there's a game that I'm looking for that's in their inventory. But as of right now, it looks like some of the games that I was hoping to possibly pick up out there just weren't available or nobody had wanted to get rid of at that time. Let's get back to the games that we did play. And like I was just talking about the networks, the networks was a really cool game. Can't wait for that one. Then we went over and played a couple of rather heavier games than the networks. The networks, I would say, is possibly a light, light to light medium type of game. It's definitely on the friendlier side, I would say. But then the next game that we played was a little game called Arkwright. Arkwright's actually been out at my friendly local game store for several weeks now. And it's a game that I believe one of the guys that I play with normally on Mondays said he was picking up and I don't know if he has yet because I haven't seen him lately but we sat down and played a quick couple rounds of Arkwright and all I could say is wow this is a game that's definitely going to get added to my collection I'm definitely going to be making sure this is on my Christmas list because this is going to be a game that I'm not going to pick up myself I'll let my wife get this one for me this game is definitely on the heavier side so in Arkwright what you're doing is you're running a factory there's four different types of products that you're actually producing. I believe it's bread, some type of cloth, and I can't remember what the other two are actually. So what you're doing on your turn is you're actually picking one of several different actions that you have in front of you, which could possibly be upgrading your factory, getting into a different resource or getting into a different type of good to sell, adding more workers to your factories and expanding your factory out some and what you're producing. There's just several different tiles that you're picking up and you're going to put that onto a board, which is going to allow you to choose how much you want to pay to actually do that task. So there's some where you can put and get different additional bonuses. It could be possibly to put it on the maybe the $2 track, the $4 track, the the $8 track or the you know the $8 track and they could be spaced out differently based on the tile that you're actually playing. And each person starting off with a set amount of money and we kind of started off with the game partially already started. So we started off maybe like a round or so into the game just so we can kind of see and jump into a game, which is really interesting. And in talking to the guy who was doing the demo, he actually came up with the idea 
as we were playing that he may leave the game set to where we were and then the next people that sat down after us would pick up where the game were and actually see how they could get the game to end if they just let multiple people play it throughout the day it was a little bit longer of a demo i think we probably played the game for probably a good 20 to 30 minutes i would say uh because we did get several rounds in but just everything that you can do in this game, and after you're after you're going to do the action, everybody's going to get a chance to do do the selling part of that phase. And what you're trying to do is the goal of this game is to basically have the most stock in your company and, and have your stock be worth the most. So you're going to be able to sell stock to get money, but then you're going to want your stock price to go up. There's a lot going on in this game. You're manipulating the market. It was just crazy. I was really impressed that we were able to learn it as fast and quickly as we, we did, but Arc Rates definitely jumped to the top of my list of wanting this game into my collection, and I can see why this game has been talked about so much. Then there was another game that was at the same booth, and that was a game called Hashbonect. In this game, this was more of a worker placement game, and in this game, what you're trying to do is basically you're digging coal out, and as you're digging coal, the one thing you need to do in your coal mine is watch out that it doesn't start filling with water, because you need to balance how much you're digging, how much water's coming into your mine, there's a little bit of, I guess you can kind of say area control in the game or tile placement because what you're doing is one of the actions you can do in this game is move your worker meeples kind of like up this track that they have that are these different tiles that appear to be random every time. There was a lot going on in this game and after playing Arkwright, I was a little kind of burnt out from that one, so I was kind of, I hate to say, half playing the Hashbull Neck because my brain just wasn't functioning after trying to just conceive and comprehend everything from Arkwright. It was, from what I could tell, it was a really good worker placement game and one that I definitely would like to see. I don't believe the game has been released yet. I believe it's not coming out for another couple months from what we were told. But this is Hashbonect is a game that definitely should be on your radar if you like worker placement games. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like the German or Russian railroads and the way kind of like the boards were and some of the different actions that you were able to do. So if you're into worker placement games, Hashbonect is a game that possibly should be on your list. After that for Friday, we really didn't get a chance to do too much on Friday. Uh, we did get in a demo of Hit Z Road, which I was really excited to actually get a chance to play. This is a game by Martin Wallace, and it was a game that I had been kind of wanting to play since the con had started on Thursday, but it seemed like every time we kind of walked past the booth on Thursday, we just didn't get a chance to play. We had to play about three rounds of this one. It's kind of like, like a nice little push-your-luck game where you actually have some auction um, components to it as well. At the beginning of the turn, everybody's kind of bidding to see where they want to go in turn order, and you need to spend the resources you have in front of you to actually do the bidding. There's three different types of resources in front of you. There are They, are, they all kind of look like bottle caps. There's one which is gas. There's one which is kind of like um, bullets, and the other one is... Adrenaline tokens is the last resource that they have in the game. So there are multiple rounds that are going to be played in this game, and each round you're going to be dealing out a new set of cards, and the cards will get um, sub subsequently harder as the game goes on. Larger hordes of zombies, differing hordes of zombies, differing components that you're also going to be collecting from the game to be played on later turns. So there was a card where I was able to obtain a character Timmy, and then if I would have taken the Timmy card actually later on when it was in play, he would have actually taken some of my ammo 
tokens that had been played because he basically took some of my weapons. After the auction phase where you're kind of figuring out how much you're going to bid with your resources, everybody's going to take then a row of cards on their turn and they're going to encounter those cards. It could just be something where they get the resources that are on the cards or they actually have to fight some zombies that are possibly on the cards as well. Once that's done, new cards are going to be dealt out, and then basically everything is going to go again. Now, if you're actually having to ex experience and fight zombies, you're going to take some of the zombie tokens, however many are on the card, and you're going to then get to roll some dice. You'll get to roll a couple of dice if you want to spend an ammo token for ranged combat. Each ammo token is going to be worth two dice, so if you spend two of your ammo tokens during the ranged phase, you will get to roll four dice at ranged. Only the crosshairs will hit and kill zombies. You will then go into melee combat, where zombies can actually hurt you and kill some of your family or friends that are part of your group. Each character starts out with one, of, one token for themselves, and then I think four family members, so you're starting out with, I think it is five people in your group to start off with. During the melee combat, you're going to roll dice equal to the number of people in your party, yourself included. So I think we were rolling five dice every time until one of my characters died in the last round, which was a which was a really bad roll I was getting. But it's a push-your-luck game because you're going to, if you roll a, a crosshair with a little lightning symbol on there, which is the adrenaline symbol, you can spend an adrenaline symbol and actually kill an extra zombie. There's a, if you roll the skull and it has a little adrenaline symbol on there, you can actually spend the adrenaline symbol to not have your zombie or not have one of your family members killed. So there's there's kind of a lot going on with the combat. It's kind of push your luck because you can also spend gas tokens to go around the mob of zombies, then just avoid the combat. Now, if you do this, you don't get to take the card into your collection and the cards are what are going to have the victory points on them at the end of the game. There's other cards that are dealt out at the beginning of the game that are end game for end game scoring. These cards could give you extra points based on the Whoever has the most gas at the end of the game, most gas tokens at the end of the game, whoever has the most bullets at the end of the game, the most ammo, whoever has the most adrenaline tokens at the end of the game. You also get points, I believe, for possibly having the largest party, and there are just several other different things you can get three points for. I got actually six points because I had obtained one of the cards and had a Band-Aid or something like that, so I was able to match up a couple of things. The one card gave me six points. I think I had come in second place, which I was really happy with. It was I jumped ahead way at the last because I was not scoring a lot of points throughout the game but that six points and finishing up that card definitely helped out a lot so it was a very fun game it's it's a rather light game definitely not anything on the heavier side like i said with the dice there's a lot of pusher there's some pusher luck to it so if you like those types of games and you're into the zombie games this is a pretty cool game and you should definitely check that one out and i believe that is it for the games that we played at the convention all right, so let's jump over to what I want to play now. As I mentioned earlier when I was kind of going through my whole day of starting off on Wednesday or Thursday when we had gotten into the show early, uh, I did pick up Bloodborne, and I was kind of really stoked to pick this one up, especially since it did come with a couple of 
additional cards that they gave out as promo cards, which I really haven't even opened up yet. I'm going to possibly do an unboxing of Bloodborne. I'm going to maybe try to record that later on tonight, and maybe I'll try to get that up one day this week. But I, I haven't opened up Bloodborne yet. I've been kind of holding off on opening it up because I really just wanted to maybe do an unboxing of that one. The game looks really cool from what I'm hearing and seeing from um, out there on the internet. It looks like a lot of people are enjoying the game. Kind of disappointed, like I was saying earlier, that they bumped it up to three to five player game and that it's not just a two player two to five player game or even a one to five player game since all of the games from from software which are the people who have done all of the video games like bloodborne and the dark souls demon souls and even the kingsfield games that went back to the playstation i had talked about a lot of these games previously in the past it was kind of disappointing since all those games are pretty much just solo and single type player games so i can't can't really wait to see actually how bloodborne actually plays and what the game's like i'm really excited to get it actually a little bit early i didn't run around that initial day of wednesday when we got in an hour early and grab all of the games that were brand new like cry havoc and seafall and people were just going crazy for some of those games i tried to just contain myself and said i'll just pick up some of these games down at the local game store i don't need all of those games in one day a week or two before everybody gets them out it's there's really no reason to do that but one of the games i'm hoping to possibly pick up the next time i go into the local game store is Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. I watched a few videos on this one already. I've read a couple of different things. I've looked at the app. The app looks really cool. And besides Alchemist, I really don't have too many games that are using apps. So I'm really interested in how this Mansions of Madness is going to incorporate the app into the dungeon building, especially since it sounds like some of the stuff is procedurally generated. And each time you play a particular scenario, the map may look a little bit different. The monsters may come at you a little bit different of a way. So I think it's really going to add quite a bit to the game. Now, this game definitely is a little bit on the pricier side. So if you're looking at possibly picking up Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, definitely get ready to have it smack your wallet around a little bit. Uh, I'm not really too sure how good the wife's going to feel about this, me wanting this game, especially since I had just picked up Food Chain Magnate right before I left for the convention, which is one of the reasons why I tried to not go too, too bat crazy at um at gen con 2016 picking up all these new games since i had actually just gotten food chain magnate which i'm st i still need to get to the table so that's going to be one that i'm going to be reading about playing this week so i got a lot of reading ahead of me this week learning some of these new games and getting some of these to the table but that is it that's our 2016 gen con show i guess you could say Definitely can't wait to go back to this one, and I'm actually really excited to go to Origins next year because I know Origins will come before Gen Con, so I'm going to actually try to start getting ready for Origins now and just try to get down there and be down there for the whole show and just try to experience everything and play as much games, as many games as I can. I was kind of bummed that we did have to leave early, so I didn't get to demo everything. We wanted to demo a couple of games from Stronghold Games, um, like Craft Wagon. We were really hoping to get in a demo from Terraforming Mars, but the Stronghold Stronghold booth was just so busy every time we walked by. We stood there and watched them play Craft Wagon for a little bit, but it didn't seem like they were anywhere near completing, so we just walked on and went to another demo at the time, and just, since we had limited time, just never made it back there to actually see those games, so I know both of those games looked like they were pretty big hits. From what I could tell, Terraforming Mars seemed to sell out pretty much very quickly. I think on the first day, everything was pretty much gone for that game, so that is another game that I can't wait to actually sit down and actually play, because it looked really cool, and the components looked really neat, so there was just so much going on at 
Gen Con. I could probably sit here and talk forever about what I had all seen, but I think that's where we're going to call it right now because I still need to get this thing edited and then up tonight onto the, sh- onto the website. So we're going to call the show. So as always, Hey everybody, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us on board game geek and our guild. We are guild number two, four, four, zero. What I'm playing now is our guild name on Twitter. You can just look for us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. Like I always say, our Facebook page is what I'm playing now. Just do a search for that on Facebook on Google plus we are plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then of course, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey everybody. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast and for sitting through some Gen Con 2016 conversation. As always, I will be back next week with a lot more games that I've played for the week, as well as possibly some other information about anything else that is happening in the world of board and video games. If there's anything you'd like to know about anything, send me some emails And just let me know. Until then, you know what you need to go do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for another joining me for another episode. Have a great week and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.